At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. It was a week ago today when police say 24-year-old Dion Dwayne Patterson opened fire in the lobby of a Midtown medical office, killing one and injuring four others. The shooting happened in broad daylight on the cusp of rush hour and remains one of the top stories read on WABE.org. Lots of stunned people are still talking. Lots of people say they are worried about guns and the people who have access to them. Here's U.S. Senator Raphael Warnock speaking before his colleagues in Washington Tuesday. It underscores the fact that none of us is safe no matter where we are. This happened in a medical facility. This morning on a live political breakfast, Brian Robinson and Saba Long, who is in for Theron Johnson, are here to continue the conversation. Good morning to both of you. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Saba, I'll begin with you. Uh, Soon after the shooting comes this article saying um, how the gun control issue may not be picked up by state legislators uh, legislators again, despite this recent wave of concern we're hearing about. And I immediately got the feeling from you that uh, you were a little taken aback by that. If so, why? Yeah, in the spirit of Warnock, I would quote a Bible verse uh, that says, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Uh, And so we have seen time and time again uh, the damage that, and I will call them weapons of mass destruction, these types of assault rifles can have on little kids, on adults, on grandmothers. And time and time again, we refuse to do anything about it. And folks who listen to the show know that I am pro-2A, but I'm also for sensible access to guns. And the reality is we have the will of the people is not being heard on this issue. A majority of Georgians, the majority of Americans even, want some type of movement on this, and our state legislator refuses to act. Yeah, and with that said, you know, Brian, we were discussing topics today, and you were a little hesitant to talk about this topic of gun control today in wake of this recent shooting. Why? Because I, I just feel like it's a circular conversation that we have with every mass shooting uh, or shooting in a, in, a, in a randomized way in a public square. And I, I don't I, I feel a frustration uh, about the stasis of the argument that it, it, we kind of say the same thing. And I don't mean here on political breakfast. I mean, nationally on any show, you hear the exact same talking points from both sides, you know. It's complicated, and I think the hard thing for conservatives to talk about is that the liberal uh, anti-gun message is much more simple in these scenarios than the pro-Second Amendment side is. It's much more nuanced and complicated to explain. 
that over the last 30 years, the number of guns in America has doubled, but the violent crime rate in our country has actually gone down by a large amount. We are we have much less crime today than we did during the, the early 1990s when we had the Clinton crime bill come about because of uh, a public outcry. So I, yeah, I don't know that, that that's something that you, you can come out there and, and say. And for most Georgians, their biggest danger isn't being shot in a, in a public square by a random mass shooter with an AK-47. And look, I, longtime listeners know I'm horrified and just uh, broken up by those stories. Our danger is being carjacked at a gas pump, having someone break into our home. Gang violence is where deaths in this city and region occur. And the way we fight gun violence is to fight crime. Well, you know, I think the the fear of guns is, is, is real right now. And I want to ask both of you to, to factor in the mental health component. Um, you have the mother of the suspect saying he suffered, suffers from mental illness. Um, does that change your viewpoint in any way? Saba, I'll begin with you. No, uh, it doesn't. I mean, the reality is um, pre-pandemic and certainly post-pandemic, uh, an overwhelming number of Georgians are suffering from some type of mental um, challenge, and the severity depends and varies by the person. Uh, but again, this is an area where there's simply not enough action. I'll grant there's some action, but there's not enough, um, you know, whether it's and some of this is not just I'm having a mental health challenge because I'm experiencing some particular issue, but it's a, a number of factors, right? It's I can't afford health care. Mm. I can't afford. And this was the challenge with this individual. He mm-hmm. needed he was wanting a particular medicine and he wasn't able to access it. Right. Right. And so we have to put some serious energy behind these challenges. It's not binary. Uh, but we have to do something about it because it's not going away. It's not going away anytime soon. No, that's absolutely correct. And I will say Georgia Republicans have been leading on expanding access to mental health care. We passed a groundbreaking law in 2022. The, the state house passed one in 2023, died in the Senate. But the one that's still pending that hopefully will come up next year will expand access to facilities by creating new facilities in regions throughout the rest of the state. And that's something we absolutely must have. Families dealing with someone in crisis today have no one to turn to. And that is a danger to all of us. This is something we must get done. You know, I do wonder, you know, it feels like these these shootings are happening more and more. And look, we had them before the pandemic, too. Let's not forget that. It's not, it's a new thing that began in March of 2020. But I do think the mental health crisis coming out of the pandemic is exacerbated. And that perhaps is worsening some of some of this and speeding it up. And uh, these um, uh, Americans today have got to face a mental health crisis. And I think the gun violence issue is something that's coming out of that. But we're too lonely. We spend too much time alone. We are much less likely to be in a nuclear family than we used to be. We don't exercise enough. We don't have active jobs. We sit behind computers and chairs all day. There are a number of things that in human evolution we are doing today that lead to mental health issues. And I think America is going to have to have a discussion far beyond how we control who has what kind of gun. 
Support for WABE comes from Capital Good Fund, introducing Georgia Bright Solar Lease Program, a new rooftop solar initiative designed to create pathways to equitable and inclusive solar, sustainability, and monthly savings for Georgians. Learn more at georgiabright.org. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Well, as you both know, this issue could go on and on, and I wanted to to tap into something else before time gets away from us. Uh, These alleged traitors in the state Republican Party, uh, you have this conservative group known as the Georgia Republican Assembly wanting to block candidates who aren't conservative enough uh, from running as a Republican. Uh, Brian, who are they talking about? I imagine Brian Kemp is on the list and Brad Raffensperger, (laughs) but who else? Who else is on that list? Basically, anybody who's ever won office is a traitor <laughs> in, in their minds because anybody who has the capacity of getting enough votes to win isn't pure enough for this cabal. Luckily, I don't think what they want to do is even illegal. I talked to someone. It was an election official yesterday, and uh, she assured me that this isn't within state law to do. But let's look at what would have happened if this group, this Georgia Republican Assembly, had had this power Back in 2022, the state Republican uh, delegates from 2021 were polled in a poll, um, in a survey before the primary in 2022. They would have picked David Perdue and John Gordon and all of the other Trump-backed candidates. In in a landslide, Brad Raffensperger in that survey got four hmm. percent, and so they would have picked a slate of candidates that would have gone on to ignominious defeat by the Democrats in 2022 in a year that Republicans ended up winning uh, by broad margins. They don't represent the party. They definitely don't represent the primary electorate. They are far removed from the general election electorate. And it's sound and fury signifying nothing. And they will further marginalize the state party, which is already marginalized, as we discussed here, if they keep going in this direction. Yeah, well, this supposedly is going to be considered and talked about at the upcoming GOP convention. Saba, is this really what the GOP needs during a time when it's viewed as so divisive? If you're a Democrat, yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's great for Democrats. <laughs> if you're an independent. <laughs> you get your popcorn and just watch, an <laughs> watch it uh, unfold. Huh? Right. Yeah. If you're an independent, it's alarming um, because, you know, right now in this country we have a binary choice, right? As far as who you can vote for, who's a viable candidate. Um, and, and I'm personally of the belief that a Republican party that is this fractured um, is of harm to all of us. Um, and so that's, I'm personally, I have an issue kind of with where things are in the Republican party because um, to Brian's point, sensible folks are not being heard. Uh, they're being drowned out by the far right. Um, you know, and it's just, I, a bit of an irony, Brian, that your frustration about this is how a lot of people feel about things like sensible gun reform, mm. right? Where no matter what you do and no matter what you say, there is a fringe of people who have hijacked the conversation. Um, so ultimately, I don't know what in the world the state party is going to do, the state Republican Party, uh, but at, at least I would hope that they would start to listen to the broader will of the people. 
quickly, we have a minute, and I wanted you both to chime in on this, um, about the eight uh, Georgia Republicans who served as alternate presidential electors um, have accepted immunity deals. This can't be good news for for Donald Trump in this investigation. Um, Brian? No, I I think Bonnie Willis has signaled pretty strongly that she's going to indict Donald Trump and perhaps state party chairman David Schaefer. I mean, the fact that she let law enforcement know to be ready tells you that Trump is in her sights. Otherwise, I mean, they wouldn't riot for anybody but Trump. So we have a pretty strong feeling not only of who's going to be indicted, but uh, of the time frame based on the law enforcement request that Bonnie made. And I I do think that uh, that is good that these eight folks took the immunity deal. These are not criminals. These are not villains in this narrative. They were people who were being told they were doing a a procedure that had to do with the court system, right? I mean, and there's a precedent in Hawaii from 1960. So to prosecute these folks, I thought was huge overreach. Saba, quickly got 20 seconds here. I had drinks with one of the eight, um, and his point of view was he thought he was practicing and doing what was right. Um, I mean, obviously, I disagree, but I I agree generally with Brian on that point. And maybe, just maybe, we might see Kemp for president because of this. Wow. All right. Hey, man, Long I'm said it right more here. And more. Every day. Every day. <laughs> okay. We're, we're going to give that one to Sava. She said it right here on WABE. Thanks to both of you, as always, waking up with us. Uh, we appreciate it. And, and Brian, in case you haven't heard, the Bulldogs are not going to, to the White House. I'm very sad. You know, I've been pulling every lever I could to get into that room, right? So I'm sorry for the dogs and for all those kids who, who deserve that chance. But, um, uh, go dogs. We'll be, we'll be back next year to do it again. <laughs> Sava, as always, thank you. <laughs> Hey, y'all. I'm Mark Kendall. And I'm David Perdue. And we're the hosts of What's Good Atlanta, the new weekly comedy podcast from WABE. On What's Good Atlanta, we run down uplifting and unusual headlines from the universe known as Atlanta. And while we may not be journalists, we are comedians, and we'll be breaking down news and breaking down the stories that make you smile. We're just trying to see what's good, Atlanta. Episodes drop Fridays at WABE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I get mine from a guy named Craig. Shout out to Craig. Mm -hmm. WABE. The world has changed from shifts in power to a mental health crisis. So with all this social change, how do we balance the human desire for empathy, the business need for productivity, and the hope to make an impact in our community? This is a new podcast, The Social Impact Leader. I'm Jeff Schinnebarker. Join me as we explore people doing work a little different. Available every Wednesday at wabe.org forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. W-A-B-E. 